This is a special edition of Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. In the name of God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God is light, in whom there is no darkness at all. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world. And we love darkness rather than light. across the Kindred Valley, where there was a garden which he had he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place that Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, procuring a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all those who followed him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. And he asked them, Who do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he, so if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word which he had spoken. I do not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. 
Then Simon Peter, having a sword, threw it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, put your sword in its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers to be in authorities seized Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had given counsel to religion, religious authorities that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus and did, did another, uh, and so did another disciple. As this disciple was known to the high priest, he entered the court of the high priest along with Jesus. Peter stood outside the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the woman who guarded the gate and brought Peter in. The woman who guarded the gate said to Peter, Are you not also one of the man's disciples? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. And they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. They questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered them, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jewish people come together. I have said nothing secretly. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, bear witness to the wrong. If I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? And then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Simon Peter was standing and warning himself. They said to him, Are you not also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a kinsman of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once the cock crowed. They then led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early. They themselves did not enter the headquarters, so that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have handed him over. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. 
his authority said to him, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what death he was to die. Again, and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or do others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight, that I might not be handed over to religious authorities. But my kingship is not of is not from this world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king? For this I was born, for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is, uh, is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is the truth? had said this, he went to the religious authorities again and told him, I find no crime in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. Will you have him released for you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Pilate took Jesus and, and scoured the him. And the soldiers plated a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no crime in So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and a purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. And the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. He likes the pilot said to them, Take you yourselves and crucify him, for I find no crime in him. And the authorities answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard these words, he was the more he was he was the more afraid. He entered he entered the headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? But Jesus gave no answer. I'm oh, sorry. Jesus answered him. You have you would have no power over me unless it had been given to you given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. this, Pilate sought to release him, but the religious authorities cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. 
Everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. Pilate heard these words. He brought out, brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement. And in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was a day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said, he said to the authorities, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. They handed him over to be crucified. they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to a place called place of a skull, which is in Hebrew is called Golgotha. They, there they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote a title and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Judeans read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew in Latin and in Greek. The Jewish chief priest said, said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took the garments and made four parts, one for each soldier, also his tunic. The tunic was without seam, woven from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who should, who, whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture. They parted my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did this, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour his disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A bowl of vinegar stood there. So they put a sponge full of the vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the spirit.
since it was the day of preparation in order to prevent the body from remaining on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the religious authorities asked Pilate that their legs be, might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. He did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. Once there came out blood and water. He who saw it born witness, he who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth, that you may also believe. These things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now the bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, They shall look on him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Marimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of religious stories, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. So they came and took away his body, and Nicodemus also, who had at first come to him by night, came bringing him a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. They took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen, cloth with spices, as he prepared for the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb whom no one had ever been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, as the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Good evening to you. Last night we heard about some Greeks who came to the disciples after Jesus had ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey. They said, Sir, we want to see Jesus as followers of Christ and those who are waiting for his return. We say the same thing with them tonight, especially on this Good Friday. We say we want to see Jesus. When the Greeks said this, they probably meant that they wanted to see Jesus, the miracle worker. In the Gospel of John, a lot of miracles happened. Jesus turned water into wine. He healed a man born blind. He raised Lazarus from the dead. But evidently, the audience for those miracles was primarily Jews. Now the Greeks, they wanted to see Jesus do the same thing too. Jesus doesn't, however go right out to meet the Greeks and perform a magic trick like some on-demand performer. Instead, he tells the disciples how the Greeks and many others will see him. He says, And I, when I am lifted up from, this, from the earth, will draw all people to myself. John adds that he said this to show uh, what kind of death he was going to die. So 
But what does Jesus mean by all here? Does he literally mean that all people, every single individual, will gather around the cross? One ancient reader of the Bible argues that all people refer to refers to the Gentiles, refers to the Gentiles. This is what modern uh, commentators also think, that Jesus means all kinds of people, as in all ethnicities and not just Jewish people. Over these last several weeks of Lent, we have been in a sermon series entitled Lent for All Nations. We know from other messages that Jesus came first to the Jews and told Gentiles that his first call was Jewish people. But here Jesus tells us that he intended all people to be drawn to him at the cross. That is where the Gentiles were first to see him. Tonight in our gospel reading from John 19, we, will, we, we heard how Jesus showed himself to the Greeks. Instead of a miracle man, Jesus showed himself as a suffering king for all nations. Tonight, Jesus will show himself to us as we dive deeper into this reading. Perhaps like the Greeks, this is the kind of God you're looking for. And yet, this is God, the Father's plan, and Jesus' plan for saving all nations, including us. And by the same plan, God makes us into a people who can show Jesus to others. Before we dig into John 19, I want you to think about, think with me, about making an appointment with a very important person who you do not know personally. Have you ever waited in line to get someone's autograph or work behind the scenes to set up a meeting or a lunch appointment with someone who is a celebrity or a government or a business leader? It's not easy, right? People who have millions of followers on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram aren't easy to access. This was especially true of kings in the ancient world. Kings were always heavily guarded by soldiers and diplomats and spies and servants. To have an audience with a king if you were uh, a nobody, and especially if you were not one of the king's subjects, but rather from a foreign land, yeah, that was unheard of. Today you have to win a Super Bowl or the NCAA basketball tournament to get an audience with the President of the United States. And so when the Greeks came to Jesus, they were asking for an audience with the king. Tonight we hear about a king in Jesus who turned this dynamic on its head. How right, how right Jesus was when he said that he would be lifted up he would draw all people to himself. There are at least three ways in John 19 by which Jesus draws all people to himself at his crucifixion. First, let's consider verses 17 and 18. And he, that is Jesus, went out bearing his own cross to a place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus between, the, between them. The very nature of a crucifixion in the Roman world was a public spectacle. It was an execution calculated not, not only to be painful, but also to be public, humil publicly humiliating. Crucifixions would take place along the busiest thoroughfares into and out of major cities, so that all passerbys would be able to see the example the Romans were making of the crucified. Most victims were crucified naked, and we know from the text that this is uh, how Jesus was crucified. The text says that Jesus' clothes were divided up among the soldiers. There would have been plenty of people who were drawn to the spectacle. Not a very nice or easy image for us uh, at first glance. But it shows us what lengths God the Father and our Lord Jesus were willing to go in order to draw all people. Second, the words hanging over Jesus' head drew people. Pontius Pilate, the highest representative of the Roman Empire, is himself drawn to Jesus. He wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. It is from John's description of Pilate's sign, and especially the Latin language on the sign, that our artists throughout the ages have captured the crucified Christ with the sign 
or I in or I above him. I for Jesus or Jesus, in for Nazarios or Nazarene, R for Rex or King, and I for or sorry, L for Ludeoi or Jews. By writing this description, Pilate had unwittingly been drawn into the drama of the trial of Jesus. Though others wanted him to involve himself even more deeply or to write other things instead of the words he wrote, he nevertheless played a crucial role in the public trial that had stirred up all of Jerusalem. Pilate's involvement undoubtedly drew people to the public nature of the trial. Pilate may have meant the sign as a joke or as pulling salt in the wounds of the Jews. Here's your king. Uh, it's also possible that in Pilate's sign there's a glimmer of faith. Pilate, who had proclaimed Jesus innocent and had spoken with Jesus in private about the nature of Jesus' kingdom, may have written his proclamation in a mix of skepticism, intrigue, maybe even half-belief. These skeptics, crooked politicians, and the Roman rulers as enemies of the Jews were drawn to Jesus at his crucifixion. Perhaps you have wrestled with your own skepticism and doubt about Jesus and the beliefs of the church. Whether you have a past that seems too rotten or too far gone for you to approach Jesus, the crucified one, but tonight with Pontius Pilate, you too are drawn to Jesus, the King of the Jews. Third, the inscription written by Pilate wasn't just written and placed above Jesus. It was written in three languages. It was written in the language of the Jews, Aramaic. It was written in the language of Pilate, uh, of the Pilate centurions and the Roman soldiers who presided over the, the crucifixion. That is Latin, the language of Rome. And it was written in Greek, the language of those seekers who had come seeking Jesus, the miracle man. Though Pilate was the one who probably instructed the soldiers to write the sign in the, in the three languages, this was clearly used by God himself to advertise Jesus to all nations. Another ancient reader of the Bible argued that the three languages was in fulfillment of Daniel 7.14, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve the Son of Man. Further, the titulus being written in three languages was just the beginning of what Paul described in Philippians uh, 2, that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is the Christ. And of, of what Acts 2 described with many tongues at Pentecost, here on the cross, three tongues, the main, here on the cross, three tongues, the main tongues spoken throughout the world were letting the whole world, all nations, know that this was Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. It was also for them. Today, we hear the scriptures even in English. So we too have been drawn to the Lord Jesus. And thankfully, the scriptures have been translated into hundreds of other languages too. Particularly Spanish and Swahili, Aramaic and Arabic, Portuguese and Punjabi. All can hear about Jesus, the crucified one. The Holy Spirit has drawn us to Jesus in our own language. Martin Luther once explained that the third article of the Creed about the Holy Spirit, I believe I cannot by my own uh, uh, strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or Come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. Tonight you have been called to gather around Jesus the crucified one, so that you might know that he died for you too. In him, your sins are forgiven. In him, God has pulled you close. In him, God has given you a new identity. In him, you have life. Luther went on to say in his explanation, 
in this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers, regardless of ethnicity, all who are drawn to Christ's cross and believe that Jesus died, that death for them receives forgiveness and is put right with God. Since the church is where the scriptures are read and explained and proclaimed, it is the church as the body of Christ that continues to draw all people, all nations of God, to himself. Our church is like that sign above Jesus' head. For better or worse, with good intentions or ill, with intentional and perfect witness, or even through our own failures and struggles as followers of Jesus. God, nevertheless, has chosen to use the church as a sign to all the world, proclaiming that Jesus is King of the Jews and King of all. There's an Indian a man named Jonathan Reifensamy, Reifensamy, who was drawn to a congregation in New York and became a missionary. God used the church, the local congregation, to call him into ministry and is thereby calling people of many tongues and languages to gather around Jesus. Missionary to America, John Reifensamy, uh, thought he was leaving India to live in New York City. He's going to go be the pastor of a Tamil-speaking Indian church. He'd been looking for a way to, uh, for to an invitation from the Tamil group in Regal Park, Queens came. It seemed a very, uh, seemed a way to secure a base for his studies and to continue to be in ministry. His plan was to return to India to teach. But missions do not always turn out the way we think or the way they should. Yes, he received the doctorate, but instead of returning to India, another door was opened. According to citydata.com, New York City had the largest number of black citizens, the second highest percentage of people born outside the United States. It is the only city where four of the five major ethnic groups make up at least 10% of the population. This was the perfect place for Johnson to experiment. The Tamil-speaking group in Regal Park had asked him to be their pastor. Then a white English-speaking church considered a call for him to be their pastor. Eventually, the two churches came together. One church, two worship services. But he's not in there. Besides the Tamil-speaking worship service and the English worship service, a Mandarin Bible study began at the church, with more than 50 Mandarin-speaking young adults attending. The church is Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Whitestone, Queens. Whitestone, Queens. Dr. Reithenesame saw this as his mission laboratory place to learn more about church planting in a diverse community. You know, our congregation may not be in New York City, but if God could use a man like Pontius Pilate and some Roman soldiers to draw people with the three language sign to Jesus, maybe God could even use people like us to draw himself, draw others to himself. One way in particular was that we can, we can do this is by talking about our lives, walking with God, or our experiences as Christians, and telling others of our church. Now, may God the Holy Spirit, who once showed the Greeks and Romans, Jesus the King, also show him to us, and to our neighbors, and to all nations. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, King of Jews. Amen. Amen. We will not be dismissed from service this evening. Rather, you are to go in prayerful recess in peace. May Jesus Christ, who for our sake became obedient unto death, even death on the cross, keep you and strengthen you this night and forever. Amen.